Well, we have been talking using this whole table motif, really kind of talking about the restaurant table um, and the table here at Stuttgart Harvest Church. So as we continue that this morning, let me give you some more or start us off with some more of our table experiences. Have you ever been to that restaurant that has just a huge menu? I mean, page after page after page, covered front and back, both sides, everywhere, line after line, small print, all of these things they have. And I think to myself, is there any way they can really have all of that and be able to, to do that, all of that, all of that really Good well. ideas. Yeah, Just, some great yeah. food, great food, great plant. But all, can they do all of that at that restaurant? Uh, I kind of doubt they could do it all really well. There's so much. And you know, churches can be like that too. As Cole said, we could be full of doing good things. Let me give you an example. This is the menu for a church. It's the all-you-can-eat American Mexican Chinese buffet church. And it is filled page after page, line after line. And the, the, here's what's literal about this. These are all items that one church that I served, they did all of this, all of this, page after page on Sunday. I know you can't read all that, but it is packed. This is what we did on Sundays. It was loaded. We had other ministries too. We did all of these things. We actually did all of this. Weekday, this page is full. We did all of this. A recreation ministry we had, we did all of this. And it goes on and on. Missions, great thing. All of these are good things. We did all of this. We also had a school and a daycare, and we did all of this. It went on and on and on. It, that's just what it looked like. Ministry after ministry, group after group meeting after meeting, and all of these ministries and groups were clamoring for everyone to be involved with everything, quite literally, all the time. And it left everyone exhausted, tired, and it left us really feeling guilty because we were struggling to do it all. So that's one example of a, a menu or a type of a restaurant that maybe you've been to that can correlate with a type of church that maybe you have experienced or that we know is out there. Another example um, of, of maybe a restaurant or a type of a table that maybe we have experienced in our life would be the restaurant with kind of that out-of-date environment. So maybe you walked into the restaurant and you think to yourself, Wow, this place is so out of date that I kind of feel old and dusty myself. You know, it's it's I'm, it's kind of putting a cramp in my own style a little bit because it is, this place is so out of date. Look at the carpet; it's about to be back in style. It's so old. Um, you know, and you walk into sometimes we we have had that experience in church. You you want to say? I can tell you just got something the, that you want to say. I'm just thinking about walking into the Shag Church. Bow, chicka, wow, wow. <laughs> I was going there, but you jumped in front of me. So we have that experience maybe in, in some churches too, where we walk into a church and it's that church that's you know really fixed in time. It, it hasn't 
moved out of a specific period of time. It's the unchanging church. It's just uh, that church has picked a point in time and it said, this is it. This is great. This is the way that it should be. And this is the way that Jesus says church is supposed to be done. Right here. And we're going to plant our flag in the 1970s or 50s or whatever. You can pick your time period if you want to. We're going to plant our flag here and we're going to stay there. And we're going to be stuck in this decade. But then what happens is time marches on. Anybody get that? That song? song? Anybody? Okay, so... Sorry, that's a country song. Went over your head. I'm not a big country guy either, but that was a song. I went like from the 90s there. Anyway, so anyway, so as somebody appreciated in the back, as time continues to go along and that church has planted their flag at that period of time, they have become an out-of-date church with an out-of-date environment and out-of-date methods. Now, some churches have planted their flag in the 90s. Some churches plant their flag in the 70s and the 60s and some churches have chosen to flat plant their flag in the 1700s. Yeah, I'm going to drop a flag right here. Here's a song. Time keeps on ticking, ticking, ticking. Okay. Where? Hey, we didn't have to into the future. Yeah, uh, right. We, we, I didn't mean for us to go there. <laughs> we didn't so do sorry. that at 9 Okay, so <laughs> there, here, here's some other kinds of churches, too. Here's some other kinds. Um, I've been a part of the talking church as well. Uh, yep, not, they weren't doing a lot, but they sure did talk a lot. Um, and it never really went past that, and here's why, I think, because everyone, they were all on committees, and they were talking about how to do, it was just talking. I guess the restaurant example of that, the table example of that would be going into that restaurant where, and you know the one for you, the service was so bad at that restaurant that you left and you told the person you were with, I will never come back here again, and you haven't. And so for us, in our experience, if we go into the talking church where everyone's talking about serving, they're talking about the needs that are out there, but no one's really doing it. It's like they're waiting. They just want to point it out, and they're waiting on someone else to do something about it. They have, some of them have this attitude of, I've already done my share it's time for someone, I'm going to step back and step out. It's time for someone else to step in. Now, there is another extreme to that, uh, you know, in a restaurant where maybe you have, and, and probably everybody has this experience where you go into the restaurant and the waiter will not leave you alone, right? So you go in, you sit down in the booth, and the waiter comes up to take your order, and what do they do? They sit in the booth with you. Right? And it's like, no, I don't want this. It's too close. You're touching my leg. Uncomfortable for all of us. Why are we doing this? I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable. I just want to eat my meal with my family. Go away. Right? Too much. We don't want to talk this much. We, I'm, we're not going to be buddies when this is over. But not that the waiter is not trying to do a great job. It's just a little bit too aggressive. Um, a little bit too in your uh, space, maybe. And sometimes churches can be that way as well. The church can be a little bit too aggressive, a little bit too in your space. Um, every time you turn around, boom, there they are. You know, there, there's, there's just no space uh, and they're always in your face. Then there can be another type of church. And we strive so hard not to be this church and that's the boring church. It's bad music. Bad 
teaching. Someone may be sleeping right, right now. Right now. Oh, when is this going to be? Wake up! <laughs> Bad teaching, and no one really wants to be there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Maybe you've experienced that, where you said, you know, I don't really want to be there, but it's kind of what we've got to do. It's part of our week. We've got to check our box. We've got to go to church. Don't want to, but it's just kind of what we do. Boring, but eh, you know, it's what we do. We go to church. We've all been a part of maybe that type of a church. An example of that restaurant might be when you walk in the front door and the, the host, the guest host, is standing there and you walk in and you can tell as soon as you walk in the door, this person does not like their job. They are not happy to be there and they want to be anywhere but right there. It doesn't really make you want to stay there. They're miserable. And it typically makes you feel miserable. Yeah, no doubt. You know, when you do go to a restaurant, <laughs> um, they have something to serve that has protein in it. And for the most part, restaurants are working with the same protein. They have some form of chicken, some form of cow, some form of fish, some form of pig, albeit a hairy pig. But they have some form, oh, sorry, Chick. They have some form of these proteins. I'm going to set these guys right here. Um, and so every restaurant you go to, that's what they have. Basically the same things to work with. Now, hang on to that thought for just a moment. Let's jump into Scripture. We're going to be looking at a passage that Paul wrote, and he's talking about how he does what he does and why he does what he does. Very similar to what we're talking about today, how we do as a church what we do and why we do it. And here's what Paul has to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 20. He says, when I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew. And here's why, to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the law, the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I'm not subject to the law, I did this. Why? So that I could bring people to Christ, those who were under the law. So let's go back to the restaurant. They have the same things. All the restaurants basically have the same things to work with when it comes to protein. Some form of chicken, cow, fish, or pig. The difference between those restaurants is how they present that protein, that chicken, cow, fish, and pig. That's the difference between those. It's all about the presentation. Now, as a church, we must present the truth. All churches, we have the scripture. We must present the truth. And we must not just pick pieces of it. We have to. We are called to present the whole truth. But we at Stuttgart Harvest Church have feel a calling and a passion to present it in a way that people can understand it. You know, when we go back to Paul, Paul had the same thing everyone else had to work with, the truth. He had the truth, but he was working with different people groups. Cole's getting ready to describe this. He was working with Jewish people, that whole culture, and then he also worked with other cultures like the Romans who were uh, not Jewish at all, and, and they were actually worshiping statues. It was a full different culture, but he had to do what he could, and he had to use and work with what he was given. So good. So good. Uh, Paul just lays out. He gives us such freedom 
at Stuttgart Harvest Church because just like Paul, as Harley said, we are in the exact same scenario that Paul was in over 2,000 years ago. We are working with the same chicken, cow, fish, pork that Paul was working with over 2,000 years ago. The truth that Paul was teaching is the same truth that we are teaching about in 2020. Hasn't changed. Our presentation changes. But the truth hasn't changed. And as Paul talks about as we continue on in verse 21, he says, so in verse 20 he talked about how he taught and how he related and how he connected to the Jews. But in verse 21 he changes and he talks about a different culture. He says, when I'm with the Gentiles, non-Jews, who do not follow Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can, and we've got that underlined, we have it underlined, bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. So Paul here is saying the truth, I've got the truth, the law of God, the, the law of Christ, it's the same. The chicken, cow, fish, pork, the truth is the same. I simply just change my presentation depending on the culture and depending on the people that I'm talking to. The presentation changes. The truth stays the same. It's all about presentation. It's all about offering the right menu at the right time to the right people presented in the right way to help for, for one purpose, really, to help people, me, you guys, Harley, anyone who has the opportunity to walk through the doors of Stuttgart Harvest Church to help people to grow and to take deeper and deeper steps toward and with Jesus because presentation matters. Paul goes on in verse 22 and he takes it a step further. He's talked about how he relates to the Jews. He's talked about how he relates to the Gentiles. Now he says in verse 22, he goes further. He says, when I'm with those who are weak, I share their weakness. Why? I want to bring them to Christ. We have the same truth that Paul had. We have the same truth at Stuttgart Harvest Church that every church in, this, in the town of Stuttgart has. The same uh, uh, Christian church, if you want to use that, that, that tag, uh, in the state of Arkansas has, in the United States of America, and in the world have. We have the same truth, the same chicken, cow, fish, pork, that every church that follows the New Testament, the New Covenant Scriptures have. We have the same truth. It's all about the presentation because presentation matters. We must change as we go and keep changing. Because if we don't, if we choose to, like we talked about a minute ago, if we choose to, to plant our flag in that period of time, whether it be a decade or a specific moment where we say, this is it, this is right, and this is what worked right now and it will always work, we run the risk of being the outdated church. Yeah. And so in week one, we introduced this idea that when you have guests in your home, a lot of times you'll gather the kids together and you'll say, okay, now let's go over our table manners. These are things we do when guests are here. These are things we don't do. Things we'll say, things we don't say, things we do, things we don't do. So with that in mind, we have several table manners for us as a church that we want to mention today. Here's the first table manner for us today. We must constantly change so that we can do things well. 
We must, as a church, we believe that. In fact, it's one of our core values. This core value says, as it's changed, the core value has changed, and it says, as we grow, we change. And it's talking about we change how we do things, what we do. The why doesn't change, but we change how we do it and what we do. We've even stopped doing things that worked really well just because it was time for a change. That's a core value of ours. We must constantly change to do things well. Now, Paul goes on. He says, yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, he says. And that makes us think, you know what, we are trying to find common ground with our guests and with those who are not yet our guests, who still are outside of this building. We try to find common ground with them. And we find that common ground with that person and we start there with what we have in common. Now, there is one thing that we have in common. If they do make it into this room, there is one thing we have in common with our guests. We are all at, at, at the table. We're talking about being at the table at Stuttgart Harvest Church, taking a place at the table. Some of us, it's time we push back and we stand up and we serve. But that means we're all here at the table. This morning, we're all at the table. And what we have in common right here at the table is when you're at a restaurant, there comes that time, that moment when this comes out, right? Your server brings you this, and what's inside of that? It's the bill, right? They bring that, they set it, they say, hey, take care of this real time. Well, you know what? With Stuttgart Harvest Church, there is a financial cost related to this whole table thing that we're talking about. But at Stuttgart Harvest Church, one of our table manners that we talk about, and just like if we were talking to our kids in, in the family, you know, don't, uh, I didn't say this at 930, but this is one of the table manners that we have to talk about in our household when we have guests. I have to tell one of my children, you have to keep your clothes on. Wait, give them their age. I've got a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. There you go. Just, it's, that's important. It's, my, yeah, it's not Beth. It's not my wife. It's not. It's not. It's or my it's, four, it's and my, it's not a teenager. It's my I four, mean, well, it's, I, I, she's going to be a teenager someday. I hope we can get it there. Uh, it's my four-year-old. But I do, we have to say, Rachel, you have to keep your clothes on. You cannot, I mean, she'll just come around the corner, no clothes on. A table manner that we talk about at Stuttgart Harvest Church is... you got to keep your clothes on. We, you, well, wear clothes. We, we ask you to wear clothes. Uh, can I go with this? Can I get forward? Okay. A table matter that we talk about at Stuttgart Harvest Church is we don't ask our guests to pick up the tab. When the bill comes to the table, it's, if you've ever been at that restaurant where you go and, and, and you're with that group of people and the bill comes to the table and there's that person at the table and they say, no, 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 that's mine. That's mine. I've got that. I've got this. At Stuttgart Harvest Church, if you're a part of us and you have uh, become a part of Stuttgart Harvest Church and you're serving and you're growing with us, then that's you. Because when a guest is sitting around the table with us and the bill comes, strategic giving says, no, 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 no. The guest will not take part in covering the financial cost. That's a table matter. Um, one of the things that we have found, well, not we have found, one of the things that's true that a lot of times keep people away from church is that there's a feeling that the church is always asking for money. Always asking for money. And, and so that's one of the reasons when we do our live welcome and we talk about uh, our giving envelopes, we always say, if you're a guest here at Stuttgart Harvest Church, do not take this, put it aside. It's not for you. 
It's for those who are choosing to worship through giving. And, and that's the reason for that, because we don't want our guests to feel like they're expected to pick up the tab because they're invited guests. And you never ask your guest to cover the cost. That's our job. Um, now, after time goes by and after they've met Jesus, and after, as we've talked about, they push away from the table and they get out of, we talked about the high chair last week, after they get out of the high chair and they push away from the table uh, and, and they begin actually serving the guests that are now taking their place, then that's usually at the point where they begin to choose to join in helping actually picking up the tab at the table. Because that's actually God's spiritual plan for economics. That's how he's set things up to work. The searching are invited to come and to simply sit at the table and to feast. And that's all. They're not expected to pick up the tab. They're not expected to do anything except for feast. Eat to your field. Connect to Jesus. And once connected, and once moving along that journey with Christ, then they begin to help pick up the tab for others who are searching. So Paul continues, he said, yes, I try to find common ground with everyone. And then he says this, doing everything I can. And you know what that makes me think of for Stuttgart Harvest Church? It makes me think of creativity. Doing everything we can to be creative, to, to make this presentation creative in all of our areas and everything we do. We do our best. To really, you can sum that up by saying we are consistently inconsistent in everything that we do. And that's that creative element. And we don't do it just so that we can be artsy-fartsy. We don't do it just to be creative. We do it for a purpose. And Paul states that. And he says, I do everything I can to save some. And so we have a table manners here. Let's introduce another table manner. The amazing story of God should never, ever be boring. And shame on us if it is. I mean, when we make the exciting truth of God boring, what must God think of that? Now, Paul, we're going to back up just a little. We've been in verses 21, 22, 20, 21, 22, 23. We're going to back up just a, a touch to verse 19. Paul says... An interesting thing, he says, Even though I am a free man with no master, I've become a slave to all people to bring, again, there's that phrasing, to bring many people, uh, to bring many to Christ. Now, we're in the same boat here at Stuttgart Harvest Church. We can do whatever we want to do as far as our presentation, as far as uh, the way that we have chosen to do church. The New Testament really doesn't give a guideline on what we can and cannot do. It doesn't say how to do church with a lot of detail. So we're able to pretty much do whatever we want to do. But we've made a very strategic choice to be very focused. Because people really don't need more to do. They simply need their lives changed. And we've chosen... Uh, we, we choose to, to counter what many churches um, have chosen to do. So like Harley, he had that menu where, what, what did you call it? The, I like that. All you can eat American, Mexican, Chinese buffet church. And he's got all of these examples, all good things, not putting down any of these things. They're all great options in here. Weekday, lunch Bible study, 
classes, Awana, youth group, counseling center, recreation ministries, upward basketball, that fits me real well, walking tracks, I mean, great stuff, not putting that down at all, great things, but we've chosen instead to not have a huge menu of options, instead we've chosen to have a very narrow focus, in fact, focus is one of our core values, it's up here, and we say we pass by the good to grab the great. We want to be very focused. We want to be very narrow, narrowly focused. Because one of our table manners that, that we really grab onto at Suggard Harvest Church is we don't try to do everything. We simply try to do a few things well. Um, and everything that we do. So the, the things that we do, we want to do well. But the overall focus, the reason that we do everything that we do choose to do, is because we're trying to lead to a very specific place at Stuttgart Harvest Church. Everything we do, in our narrow focus, everything we do is leading to the kitchen table. Yeah. So here's what a narrow focus looks like at Stuttgart Harvest Church for us. Um, We use the analogy of a house, um, and so most houses have some kind of front porch, and the front porch, metaphorically, for Stuttgart Harvest Church is really everything we do outside of this building or the few things we do that are just strictly to, to build relationships, like when we have movies and stuff in here. Those are our front porches. What we do out there and a few things that we do in here, it's everything we do to reach outside of this building and connect with other people. That's the front porch. We're trying to advance our relationships with those people by loving them, caring for them, serving them. And then one day we hope that we will see them in here, in this room, with us, sitting beside us, because we've served them individually out there. And we're not talking about this is what the church as a whole does. This is individual Individual. This is what Cole does and I do. And we do it under the umbrella of Stuttgart Harvest Church, but we are individually and in, in sometimes in teams out there in small groups doing that, loving, serving people out there, and inviting them, advancing those relationships, inviting them into this room. That's our front porch experience. And here's what we hope with those front porch experiences. We hope to change their mind about who we are. As a Christian, as a Christ follower, they have an idea of who we are, what we're like, and a lot of times that's judgmental. Um, trying to get my money, all those things. We're trying to change their mind about who we really are. We're not that. A preacher can have dreadlocks. Yeah, I'm weird. Yes, we're trying to change their mind about who we are. Now, that's the front porch. We want to then bring them into what we call, metaphorically, our foyer of our home. And for us, that's everything we do on Sunday morning. So you are technically sitting inside of our foyer right now, and the foyer is what we do on Sunday morning, what the kids are doing, what we're doing. This is the foyer. It's our worship experience, and here's what we say about worship. This is what worship to us means. Say plus do equals worship, and then the question is who. In other words, who are we worshiping by what we say and what we do? Worship in our foyer experience here We are hoping to change people's minds about connecting with God, what it means to connect to God. 
They have some ideas in their mind about what it, what it is and what it's not. We're hoping to go into the new covenant and say, here's what it means to connect with God. We don't want to leave them in the foyer, though. This is not the goal. We want to then take them to the family room, metaphorically, of this home. And the family room, for us, we talked about that last week. That is serving. All of our serving teams, are, if you're serving, you're a ministry partner. It means you've stood up, pushed away from the table, and you begin serving those at the table. And that, through our family room and serving, we're hoping to help people change their minds about what it means to follow Jesus. It's not just sitting and listening, it is doing. And then from there, the final destination is the kitchen table. And for us, the kitchen table is all about community. In fact, that's the center focus we have here, the community. And we say about the community that care starts there. And for us, the kitchen table, for us community, is the small group. It's our small group ministry here at Stuttgart Harvest Church. And it's in the small group where people, where our people here, that's where we begin to see the changing of not only minds, but of actual life priorities. That's where lives begin to change. That's where the church really has the opportunity to be the church. That's where care happens. Uh, it happens in community. It happens at the kitchen table. It happens in small groups. It, it's not going to happen as much in the other elements of Stuttgart Harvest Church. Attending a Sunday worship experience is not the goal. We're not saying that a Sunday worship experience is not important at all. Obviously, it's important. We put a, a lot of effort and time and resources into a Sunday worship experience. But that's not our goal at Stuttgart Harvest Church is the Sunday worship experience. Life change experienced in community is. So a table manner we might take away from what we're talking about is that worship is something that we live and it leads us toward community. It leads us toward the kitchen table or toward a small group. So maybe to explain it a little bit better, what we do together on Sundays, what we're doing right now, our worship, it really just introduces us to life change. Um, it, it just kind of starts the process. We, we really can't in 30, 45 minutes, an hour, there's not as much that we can accomplish in that amount of time when you actually look at the course of a seven-day week. We're talking about one hour over the course of a seven-day week. Not a lot we can accomplish in that period of time. It just introduces. Real community, real life change is going to happen as we practice living it in that small group. We introduce life change on Sundays. We learn how to live that change and practice living that change together in a small group and in a community. So our bottom line this morning, if, if you really don't take anything else away from this morning, it would be this. Everything leads to the kitchen table at Stuttgart Harvest Church. Everything leads to the small group. So I'd ask this question. Are you moving toward the kitchen table, the small group? Now, we don't in any way want that to feel like we are pushing you or pressuring you to be in a small group. We want you to be in a small group. Don't misunderstand that. We want you to be in a small group. That is our goal. We're not trying to hide that fact at all. 
Our goal is for 100% of the people connected to Stuttgart Harvest Church to be a part of a small group. But we're not shoving that down anyone's throat because our question is, are we moving toward a small group? That could be this spring. We're signing up right now. That could be right now. That could be this trimester. Maybe it's going to be in the summer. Maybe it's going to be in the fall. But are you moving in your journey toward that community experience? We've got a video that we're going to show here in just a sec of a great example of how a small group wrapped their arms around someone who really needed it um, and how that experience in community and that experience around a kitchen table, how it can impact a life. And, and when we say Stuttgart Harvest Church, what the small group ministry is about, this video, I think, We'll explain that a lot better than what I ever could. So just go ahead and watch this. All right, so small group time has rolled around. We're in the process of signing up for those small groups, and we're excited that we have an opportunity to visit with Missy Stockard, and she is going to talk with us a little bit about her experience with small groups and uh, maybe how small groups have impacted your life a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and really, Missy, for a lot of people, small groups begin or at least the apprehension for small groups, it really begins with kind of that fear with being a part of a small group. So kind of talk to us a little bit about what fears you might have had in joining a small group when you did join a small group at Stuttgart Harvest Church. Well, I had been coming to church for probably two or three months before um, I decided to join a small group. I was kind of scared because I was one of those people that would just come in, sit down and slip out, you know, go get my kids from from uh, the back and and I wasn't I didn't mingle with a lot of people or so that was really fear I was really scared that I didn't know a lot of people um, it made me really nervous but once I finally did join a small group it was the best way to connect with people I got to know people I walked in the door and people knew my knew me by name so that was definitely um, one of my biggest fears was I didn't know anybody right. but I finally got to know a lot of people once I did join a small group right so right so after you did join a small group, mm -hmm. so you kind of finally made that, that jump. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you didn't know anybody. Yeah. You finally made that big jump. Yes. And then um, once you did get into a small group and mm -hmm. you did begin getting connected and you did begin developing those relationships, mm -hmm. kind of talk about through your experience and through your journey with your small group, kind of talk a little bit about how your small group has an impacted not only your life, but also your family's life. Well, um, I had been in the same small group for two semesters, and um, when the third semester had started, um, which was end of last year, my family went through a very devastating um, split. Um, it was, I mean, devastating really isn't even the word. It was very, very traumatic for me. And um, I was at a new place where I had to move out. I had to um, start all over. And my family is a thousand miles away. I have no family within a lot of, right, right. <laughs> you know, they're in Minnesota and I'm in Arkansas. So, um, well, we would never be able to guess. No, really? Your, <laughs> no, <never would> <laughs> so, the first person that I turned to was my small group leader. And yeah, she's pretty amazing. And um, without hesitation, she said, hey, can you meet me for lunch? Right. And I was like, I mean, I probably was, 
I mean, it was just like such a devastating time. I didn't even want to get out of bed. I didn't want to do anything. Um, I was lucky I was even taking care of my children and going to work. So um, I met her for lunch that day, and she let me just cry um, over my pork chops and white beans. <laughs> and she just listened to everything I had to say. She was so encouraging. And she said, Miss, you need to stay in small group. Um, that is where you know, we, we come as a family and small group people have become my family. I mean, with me not having any family here, um, and she was just really encouraging. So she said, you need to come to small group Monday night. And I didn't really want to, but I did. And I came and, and she's, she had everybody, um, get around me and pray for me. And it was like that night was the beginning of my healing. Um, because the people in my small group had become my family. And after that, I was getting text messages and calls and, hey, is there anything I can do for you? Um, do you want to meet me for lunch? And so, like, everybody was just so encouraging. And that was, I think, the start of my healing was my small group family praying for me and just being so encouraging. And, I mean, that was quite a few months ago, and I'm at probably one of the best places I have been in a very long time. And... I, a lot of it is because of my small group. Right, right. Well, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's it's pretty awesome. It is. We, we talk about that a lot. How uh, how important small groups are here at Stuttgart Harvest Church, but it's really awesome to have. Just you have a firsthand yes. experience. Yes. You've experienced how locking arms with a group of people definitely how it can impact your life, mm -hmm. and you're not just your life, your family. Yes, life absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, now, that's a very serious tone. What what you just talked yeah. about, obviously, very serious, yeah. but. Sometimes I think in church, we get a little bit in the rut where everything at church has to always be serious, has yeah. to always be spiritual, mm -hmm. has to always be, you know, down the line. Right. Is that the way it is in small group? Is it always serious? Is it always spiritual? Or, or do you have fun in your small group? And is your small group fun? Yes, our small group is very fun. <laughs> we eat and we have some of the most amazing cooks. In our, I mean, people can bake. We it's have, always about food. Yes, Southern people love food. I mean, before I moved to Arkansas, I never had cornbread and I never had white beans. And I've, I've experienced, and sweet tea. Hey, that has been, that's good yes, stuff, right? yes. So I've experienced a lot of like different food too coming here. But um, uh, we, you know, we have our, our video and we discuss our video afterwards. And, but a lot of times we'll stay late and just talk. We yeah. talk about our kids and yeah. we talk about just life just life and it's i mean it's serious when it needs to be right. but a lot of times it's not we laugh and it's, it's right. a lot of fun like i look so forward and you know mondays at work are just like eh. but <laughs> monday night small group i look i mean i'm right. so excited for mondays i i it's they're so encouraging it's right. it's just a lot of fun right well you know if i if i ask you a real simple question We've got a lot of people that are watching this. Um, we're going to be showing this several times. If we've got a, we've got people watching this and they're on the fence, and they're saying, "Man, I just don't know. I'd like to be in a small group, but maybe they just need that last little push. They mm -hmm. just need, you know, they're on the fence and mm -hmm. they just kind of need to be bumped." Mm -hmm. what, if you could tell them something that would push them over the fence, get in a small group, just give it a try. Mm -hmm. What would that be? Um, it is the absolute best way to connect with people. Without a doubt. I mean, like I said, I had been here for a few months before I got in a small group and I would slip in and slip out and I didn't know a lot of people. But now, I mean, I've met so many people just from our from the small group. It's just the absolute best way to connect with people yeah. without a doubt. So, you know, I, I, there's not really anything I can add to that. That is an absolute great example of wh what we talk about when mm -hmm. we say Stuttgart Harvest Church 
is a church, uh, not a church with small groups. We're a church of small mm-hmm. groups, and that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Your story, your experience, your journey, that's exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So if you're on the fence, if you're thinking about being a part of a small group this trimester with us, Give it a shot. Uh, give it a shot. Missy's experience mm-hmm. is one of those experiences, but there are countless stories, just like Missy's, of people that have developed relationships. They have ex- just experienced life in a small group, and it does make a difference. So I would encourage mm-hmm. you this morning, give it a shot. Uh, step over that fence. Be a part of a small group with us here at Stuttgart Harvest Church for the th- uh, spring trimester, and just see what God has in store. So uh, hope you'll do that. So I talked about my experience of being on staff in another state at the Everything Church, the All-You-Can-Eat American-Mexican-Chinese Buffet Church, and we did all of this stuff, all of it, and probably some things I've forgotten. That's just not who we are here. It's not at what we feel called. Nothing wrong with those things at all, all good things. But we feel called just something a little bit different, a little, well, a lot more narrow focus, a narrow menu. So the table at Stuttgart Harvest Church, we have a one-page menu, and it's not fine print. We just have these simple things here, these four things. And under each one, there's just one or two things there. We have a front porch. There's two things there. We have a worship, We have a foyer, one thing there. We have a family room, one thing there. We have a kitchen table, one thing there. That is our narrow focus. That is our narrow menu, what we feel called to at Stuttgart Harvest Church. And so here's what this kind of all comes down to today. A narrow menu and a creative presentation of the food help people make it to the kitchen table. And so here are three steps we want to ask you about. Here's the first. Are you willing to help us at Stuttgart Harvest Church? Are you willing to help us keep a narrow focus so that we are doing a few things as well as we can do them? Would you help us? In other words, people come to us all the time and they say, hey, have y'all thought about this ministry? And in a sense, wanting us, Cole or I, to to start another ministry. And we say, yeah, we, we probably have thought about it. Maybe we haven't. I'm not sure. But here's the thing. It's not part of our focus. There's nothing wrong with it. But what we want to do is empower you. Yeah, go out and do that. Yes. It doesn't have to be under the staff leadership of Stuttgart Harvest Church. You go do that. If God put that passion on your heart, yes, be a part of that. But would you help us keep a narrow focus here from as far as being under the umbrella of Stuttgart Harvest Church and what we are doing, trying to stay narrow. Would you help us do that? Here's the second thing. The second thing is if you are, if if on your journey, if it's time for you to step into the kitchen and sit around the kitchen table and be a part of community with us, will you join a small group this morning? And we've got, uh, Dustin is going to put, or McKinley, I'm sorry, is going to put the options up on the screen. There they are. We have eight small groups that we're going to be offering this spring. Seven of them will be at night. One, group number three, is going to be at lunch on Tuesdays uh, at noon. Uh, Very simple. To be a part of a small group, we ask you if you had an online connection card not to hit submit yet. The reason is, is because all you have to do to be a part of a small group this trimester is simply pick a group number. You see the group nights of the week, the group numbers, the times, the topics 
They're all great groups. It really just depends which night and which time fits your schedule the best. Maybe that noon group on Tuesday fits your schedule the best. Is that your next step? Is it to be a part of a small group? Uh, all you have to do in the comment section of the connection card, just put the group number. You say, well, I just, I really have some more questions. That's fine as well. After our worship experience this morning or any time over the course of the next couple of weeks, talk to Harley, talk to myself, any of the folks walking around with the big uh, things around their neck that say, ask me about my small group, there are small group leaders. They would love to talk to you about a small group. Uh, talk to them, ask questions. And you may say, I'm just not quite ready. I'm right there, but not yet. That's okay too. That's fine. Maybe not this spring. Maybe you'll be ready for the summer, and that'll be great as well. But regardless, if that's your next step, join a small group this morning. Yeah. And here's number three. This is the third thing we're asking this morning. Will you be willing to help us to lead people, to escort people toward the kitchen table toward that small group. We said last week, would you begin a text message to yourself in your phone? Open it up, leave it in draft mode. But would you begin listing 10 people that are not connected to a church? Uh, that are, well, Let me use a different word, that are not active in a church. There's Everyone in the South has a church they say they belong to. We're not asking that. We want to know, do they really go? Someone that's active, if they're not active in a church, then have that person on your list uh, and we're asking you to have 10 people that through the course of the week that you're praying for, you're looking for opportunities to serve them, to love them, to care for them, and, and to be in the process of inviting them to be a part of the four-year experience here on Sundays and helping lead them toward the kitchen table. Would you be a part of that? Uh, you know, real community this small group experience, Cole said, here it is right here, care starts there. If all you are involved in is what happens here on Sunday mornings, then there's a good chance that if something goes wrong in your life, that you may not have those resources that Missy had to, to lean on and have there for you to help you through a struggle and a hurt. If all you do is show up here on Sunday morning, you're missing that element of care because by our design, care starts there in the small group. It's not perfect. It's just where it begins, and that's where we learn to do life together. This real community in the small groups, we're learning how to have more and more intimacy with God. We're learning how to have community with these other Christ followers in the group. We're learning together with all of that how to have influence with those around us who are searching for, for something. And we want to be able to have that influence to help them search and find Jesus. So, will you help us? Will you help us and be a part of that? I would like to lead us in a prayer. Would you join me? Let's pray. Father, as we continue to take steps toward you, toward deeper and deeper connection with you, toward deeper and deeper connection with others, God, give us the strength to take the next step, whatever that may be, whatever you may ask. God, help us to move toward deeper intimacy with you, one step at a time. 
even in the midst of fear and uncertainty, God, give us the confidence in you. Help us to trust others as we journey together with you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to make this possible for us to connect eternally to you, Jesus. And it is in your name that we pray these things. Amen. Thank you.